Hey everybody, it is your Dungeon Master Nick. Uh, first off, I want to apologize for the delay in the way that we've been releasing our episodes lately. We've all been having a lot of adult things going on, you know, bills, crippling depression, things like that. Uh, but I'm here today to first uh, tell you a couple of things about what we're working on here. Um, the new season of the show, we have the... Uh, big ship that everybody's on that's going to be able to travel between all the worlds and there's a lot of fun new worlds and ideas that we're working with uh, based off you know the end of the first season highly recommend you listen to that and get caught up on the second season in this downtime that we're having there's a it, it's shaping up to be really cool there's a lot of opportunity for um, different types of adventures and characters and any of our you know local personal friends and fans that want to participate in the show, uh, we encourage you to reach out to us. We can definitely make that work with what we have going on. Um, second, I I personally uh, had a bit of a writing kick that I went through um, when I first started doing this Dungeons & Dragons thing. And I had a, a couple of stories just um, saved on Google Docs, some short stories and one like half of an entire novel. Uh, one of the short stories that I worked on was uh, actually a backstory for a Dungeons & Dragons character I created, a half-orc fighter uh, named Gartok, who you may recognize from the first couple episodes of this season as one of the arena fighters. Uh, so today, I thought I would read that backstory to you guys, and you can kind of get some insight as to that character. Uh, we kind of left his, uh, I guess, the end of his arc so far uh, a bit up in the air, um, but, you know, he may come back at some point. I guess we can kind of gauge, you know, how things go and where the guys decide to go throughout the adventure. So without further ado, we will get into that. Again! The cold, flat steel of a battle-worn blade pressed firmly against Gartok's pale, yellowy-green flesh for a moment longer before the dull edge of Baylor's sword screeched across the underside of his iron pauldron as it was retracted. Gartok waited until Baylor took a small step backward before withdrawing the tip of his spear from beneath the Goliath's chin. Baylor let out a defiant grunt, then dropped the rusted longsword to the dirt below with a disgusted grimace, as if blaming the weapon for his defeat at the hands of the lowly half-orc before him. Axe! Baylor rumbled in a low but naturally bellowing command as a young human slave adorned in tattered rags for clothing dragged a hulking battle-axe across the fighting pits towards the Goliath. The slave barely managed to lift the handle high enough to reach the giant man's hand before skittering back out of sight between eager spectators. The mighty weapon made a deep whooshing sound as Baylor repeatedly and effortlessly sliced it through the air with a single hand. Axe break, tiny half-breed! Gartok's piercing green eyes narrowed behind the slits of his iron and bone helm as he assumed a defensive position facing his heavily armored left side towards his opponent and readying his spear with his unarmored right arm behind him. The Goliath's threat did nothing to deter Gartok's unwavering composure, impossible as it would seem by the tremendously booming voice that accompanied them. Get on with it! The taskmaster shouted impatiently, cracking his whip from the edge of the pit towards the fighters. Without a moment's hesitation, Baylor closed the gap between them in a mere pair of thunderous strides, sweeping his axe in a wide arc in front of him, aimed to relieve Gartok of his head. Another deep whoosh split Gartok's visibly exhaled breath just inches above the half-orc as he ducked, simultaneously driving the blunt end of his spear into the dirt, 
to anchor himself as he kicked upward at the giant Goliath's sternum. Baylor gasped desperately for air, his lungs having been forcefully and instantly evacuated by the blow. Manifested by his violent rage, Baylor's response came as a furious roar, sending a nearly tangible shockwave of dread across the grounds and causing several onlookers to instinctively stagger backward. Seizing the opportunity created by his opponent's involuntary outburst, Gartok quickly adjusted his grip on the spear before thrusting its head forward. Using his free hand, Baylor snatched the shaft of the spear just before its razor-sharp tip plunged into his chest and wrenched it away, pulling Gartok from his feet along with it. Weapon and wielder flew through the air, followed swiftly by a descending strike from the Goliath's monstrous axe. Gartok rolled his body forward as he hit the ground, managing to successfully evade a killing blow. There was an elegant grace to the way Gartok fought that inspired a sort of admiration from a number of his fellow combatants, as well as a well-deserved yet unspoken sense of respect, a feat none could have predicted for such an unwelcome addition to their ranks when his human slave mother brought him into this world. Had he not begun to demonstrate such impressive skills in combat from a young age, his fate would have surely been sealed in premature death. Among the several dozen slaves under his master's rule, Gartok was the only half-orc, resulting in ceaseless discriminative adversity during his developmental years. His mother had been violated during an assault on their master's land, led by Carval Brisbane, a ruthless orc chieftain from the western wastelands, and gave birth several months later to what the other slaves who had lost loved ones during the attack called an unhallowed abomination. Rather than allowing their hateful prejudices to overcome him, Gartok fed off of them, fueling his determination to prove his worth as an equal. He worked tirelessly, taking on every impossible task he was given, until eventually, being provoked into a fight with three other slaves while clearing the bodies of slain pit fighters. After emerging from the brawl victorious, much to the surprise of the fighters who witnessed it, the taskmaster pulled Gartok from his work duties and threw him into the pits to fight for the master and his guest's pleasure. Two long years later, Gartok had yet to know defeat in those pits. Whoosh! Restrain him! The taskmaster shouted into the crowd of frightened slaves. Several crudely armored fighters poured into the pit, keeping their distance from the raging Baylor as if he were a rabid dog, swinging his deadly axe with reckless abandon. Stop this! The taskmaster's order came too late, however, as all of the encroaching fighters were swept from their feet by a single blow from Baylor's weapon. Warm blood spewed from their wounds and splattered to the ground, steaming into the cold air of winter. Restrain, Baylor! The Goliath's rage swelled at their feeble attempt to subdue him. Tiny humans can try. The taskmaster's angry expression was painted over with terror as the enormous man charged in his direction. The ground trembled beneath him with every barreling step, but the slaver was otherwise paralyzed in fear. The sun was suddenly eclipsed by an axe-shaped silhouette overhead, then a blinding flash of light caused him to shield his eyes as its blade came hurling down from the heavens toward him. Whoosh! Blood sprayed across the stone pillars behind the taskmaster, though, much to his astonishment, it was not his own. His face and leather breastplate were coated with the wet and warm red liquid as well, but he felt no pain in association with a grievous axe wound, as he had anticipated. Upon opening his eyes, the source became welcomely evident. Gartok stood between Baylor and the taskmaster, his spear buried deep within the Goliath's neck. More blood streamed down the wooden shaft and pooled on the frozen ground between the motionless titan's feet. 
With a sickening squelch, Gartok ripped the spearhead from Baylor's throat, causing his lifeless, hulking body to collapse to the dirt with a deafening crash. Stunned silence fell over the crowd. Many stood eager with anticipation of the impending backlash in store for the half-orc, having slain the only Goliath in service of their master. Goliaths were rare and valuable slaves, if one was even bold enough to attempt to tame one. They were sure Gartok would be punished for his actions, and waited with bated breath for his public humiliation. After several more seconds, the taskmaster cleared his throat and spoke. Back to work, all of you. Half-breed, you come with me. Gartok dropped his spear, then removed his helmet and cradled it between his side and his left arm. His bald head glistened with the sweat of battle, despite the harsh and unforgiving bite of the cruel winter's wind. Speckles of frozen blood splatter dotted his black, braided beard like crimson snowflakes against a motionless night sky. The taskmaster led his savior between the stone pillars toward the master's manor, while the remaining fighters let their gazes linger on the fresh Goliath corpse they had left behind. You know what I must do, Gartok. The taskmaster spoke softly. For what it's worth, regardless of what the master chooses to do about this, you have my gratitude. Gartok said nothing and continued to follow the man toward the manor, but was shook by his words nonetheless. Never in his life had he heard any semblance of gratitude, kindness, pity, or even joy from Selim, the taskmaster. Gartok's back was riddled with scars as evidence, having been on the receiving end of his whip on more than a few occasions during his time as a fledgling pit fighter. Selim led Gartok to the main entrance of the manor, where two heavily armed guards stood at either side of the large wooden doors. The guards allowed them to enter by moving aside, but one of them spat on the half-orc's worn leather boots as he passed. Selim chose to ignore the guard's blatant disrespect, half expecting Gartok to retaliate himself, and he wouldn't have stopped him but he continued to follow the taskmaster obediently. He was used to it by now, after all. Gartok had only been inside the master's manor once before this day, when another fighter had accused him of stealing his bread while the man was asleep. The master called both fighters into the manor, then ordered Selim to behead the other fighter for wasting his time with such trifling matters, being certain Gartok took the message back to the others. In truth, Gartok had actually stolen the bread to bring back to his mother. Once inside, the vaguely familiar aroma of wine invaded Gartok's nostrils, combined with the muffled laughter of concubines from within the master's chambers. Seated upon an elegant bronze chair at the end of a long dining table, the master lowered an extravagant chalice from his mouth, revealing widened eyes at the sight of his unexpected guests. He looked exactly the same to Gartok as he had remembered him from the day of the bread incident. His boyish, peach-colored face and clean-shaven chin gave way to a portly physique wrapped in fine silk robes, draped with a fur-collared velvet cloak as if impersonating the king himself. Unkempt yellow curls topped his abnormally round head, and wine-stained lips crested into an overconfident smile as the pair approached the table. Selim, the master began, to what do I owe this interruption? His tone was sarcastically polite. Master Yemen, my sincerest apologies. Selim stuttered a sheepish reply. There was an incident at the pits today. So it would seem. Master Yemen tipped his chalice towards Selim's blood-soaked armor before taking another long sip from it, then knocked twice with its base against the table to demand it be filled by his cupbearer. I can't remember the last time I've seen that fancy armor of yours with even a speck of dirt upon it. Quite right. Selim smiled nervously at his master's jest, then continued. I and several of the slaves were attacked by the Goliath today while training, my lord. Had it not been for this one, I would not be standing before you today. Hmm, I know this slave. Master Yemen looked Gartok up and down, 
then rose from his chair to approach him. You're the half-breed bread thief. It took everything Gartok had not to wince in discomfort as his master's rancid breath assaulted his senses. And what of the Goliath? Yemen queried Salim, turning his attention to the taskmaster. Salim nodded toward Gartok. This one slayed the giant before he was able to cause any more damage, my lord. My, my, Salim. Yemen smiled as if he had caught his subordinate in a delightfully embarrassing position. If I didn't know you better, I would assume you've developed a bit of a soft spot for our reigning champion here. S sir Have a little backbone, man. Gods! Yemen clapped a fat hand against the taskmaster's back. You can go. Have the other fighters dispose of the Goliath's body. Salim stood in a dumbfounded silence for a moment before he and Gartok turned to leave with an unexpected sense of relief about them, feeling as though a heavy burden had been lifted from their chests. Not you, bread thief, Master Yemen commanded, his words shot like arrows in their backs, halting Salim's strides for less than a second and stopping Gartok's entirely. Let's talk about your next fight.